Hey everyone, I'm KJ of Living Christian. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. This is a podcast where you read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus. Each episode dives into scripture and discusses it in a modern, relatable way. I'll also answer a few questions along the way uh, at the end from our social media followers. So if you want to submit a question, you can do so right on any of our social pages or go to livingchristian.org. On the podcast page, there's a button right there you can click on and submit a question for future podcasts. So although our main focus is reading the Bible and drinking coffee, we'll occasionally be doing some other random messages and some interviews along the way, so make sure you check back. If you want to learn more about us or support our ministry, go to livingchristian.org. There you can see blog posts and Bible verse lists. We have a whole full store with apparel, hoodies, t-shirts, caps, coffee mugs, all sorts of stuff. So that's the best way to support our ministry right there. If you feel the need to donate, you can do right there on the podcast page as well. But the best way you can support us is probably telling a friend, maybe wherever you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, etc. Make sure you rate it, review it. That helps us get the word out. So until then, check us out, as I mentioned, on livingchristian.org. Uh, there you can find all sorts of resources to help you live a Christian life seven days a week. Now on to the episode. All right, today's episode, we're going to be going over Philippians 4. So if you have your Bibles, make sure you check out your Bible and bring it handy uh, and read along with me if you like. If you're in the car, maybe you're jogging. Uh, please don't read along. Please uh, just listen to this, and I'll uh, read it to you. And we'll also uh, answer some questions at the end here. So let's start with Philippians. This is the book of Philippians, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote it right around 60 AD. Uh, he basically is thanking the church of Philippi for a gift they had sent him. He uses this opportunity to encourage them to remain true to God and to be joyful in every situation. So the key concepts, some of the things that we want to talk about here in uh, chapter 4, uh, really thanking God and being joy, joy in the suffering, if that makes sense. All right, so Philippians 4, let's uh, take a read, and uh, we'll talk about it along the way, shall we? All right, so Philippians 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and crown I receive for my work. Verse 2. Now I appeal to uh, Udi and Sinach, Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they always worked hard for me in telling others the good news. They worked along with um, Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. So what he's referencing in the book of life is the book of life that God keeps on who is saved and gets to go to heaven. So back in the day, this is what Paul talked about is, is your name written in the book of life? And that's something you probably want to ask yourself at times is trying to figure out, are you saved? Have you accepted Christ enough for your name to be in the book of life? It's very important. Verse four, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So this is the time uh, back in 60 AD. All right, they were under the uh, illusion or perspective that Jesus was going to come back during their lifetime, Okay, which we still are at times as well. Now we're 2,000 years later. We're also still thinking that Jesus could come at any point. Uh, you know, nobody knows but the Father, as Jesus said. Even Jesus doesn't know what necessarily when he's coming back to earth. So they were under the illusion at the time that they were waiting for Jesus to come back at any minute. We should all live like that to a point, shouldn't we? Uh, I mean, in reality, if you're living like you think Jesus is going to return at any given moment, uh, you're probably putting your best foot forward. You're probably doing what you should be doing. You're probably focusing on Christ more than you would if you knew he was coming back 2,000 years from now. Uh, right? So it's important to kind of keep that perspective that the Lord is coming soon all the time in your life. All right, verse 6. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's kind of dissect that very famous verse of uh, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. It's very important, right? So what Paul is telling uh, the Church of Philippi is, continue prayer all the time, no matter what's stressing you out, no matter what you're dealing with in your life. And in this instance, they were kind of having some internal battles in the church, as we referenced at the beginning of the chapter. He says not to worry about them, not to worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Now, are you worrying about something today? Now, he's not saying don't worry about, don't sweat the small stuff, or you know, don't worry about the big stuff, only worry about the small stuff. What he's saying is don't worry about anything. Instead, go to prayer. Go to God. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that you've done. It's important to kind of dissect that line there. Tell Him what you need and thank Him for what He has done. I think too often we get bogged down with not and asking God what, you know, telling God what we need. We love the first part of that sentence, don't we? We treat him as a genie at times. God, help me do this. God, give me the strength. God, you know, solve this. God, heal me with this. What we forget about at times is the second part of the sentence, which is thank him for all he has done. I think if I were to write this, and I'm not the Apostle Paul, but I probably would have flipped those. I probably would have said, hey, thank him for everything he's done and tell him what you need. Uh, that's the way I try to live my life and prayer and in the prayers that I pray is I love to start off with thanking God for everything that I have. You know, my general rule of thumb is to thank God for three things before asking him for one. That's something that helps me keep that perspective of gratitude and thanksgiving with God and, and, and making sure that he understands and he knows anyways, because he knows my heart. But I want to verbalize it to him that I'm thanking, I'm grateful. I appreciate God for what he does, you know, in my life. All right, then the second part is verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds what anything we can understand. So if we pray, if we, if we, we leave our worries with God in prayer all the time, we thank him for everything he does, we ask him for guidance and to help us with our needs. The result of that will be, we will experience God's peace. And in that peace, that exceeds anything we can understand, which is crazy. And we're in a a time of society where knowledge is at the tip of our fingers, right? We can Google anything and everything to find out all sorts of stuff, true or untrue, but it's out there for us to learn. But we can't understand fully God's peace according to Paul like we we it's so it's so big and so warm and so loving that it's it's more than anything we've ever experienced in our life his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus the second the last four sen- or words are the most important of that sense his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's important to understand that you've got to give your life to Christ fully. You've got to live Christian. The reason why I named this whole thing Living Christian is because I want to live Christian. I want to live like Christ seven days a week. It's incredibly hard, right? 
But if we do that, if we give our lives to Christ, his peace will guard our hearts and minds. Minds especially are tough, right? I mean, our mind wanders constantly. This world is distracting us every single moment of our lives away from Christ. But he'll bring that peace and guard our minds if we give our life to Christ. All right, let's have a sip here. All right, verse uh, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So if we give our life to Christ, right, he'll guard our hearts and minds. And with that, we're going to fix our thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So what Paul is telling the church of Philippi and what he's telling us is focused on Focus on Christ. Focus on heaven and God and our spiritual lives, our faith-based lives, and and not get so bogged down with our worries, as he talked about in in verse 6. The worries of this world will distract us away from our faith at any given moment. The devil knows that. He knows that we are weak-minded. He knows that we lead with our heart and our emotions at times. He knows how to get to us. So we've got to keep our thoughts fixed, as Paul says, on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. And if we do these things, then the God of peace will be with us. Mm, That's comforting, isn't it? All right, let's go into verse 10. Paul thanks for their gifts. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. Again, remember, this is Paul thanking the Church of Philippi for gifts. I know you are always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know you live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. So this is this whole section here is is Paul's gratitude towards God and what he has. And this is a perspective I think most of us lose in our lives. I know I do. Is the fact that he is grateful for whether he has a full stomach or whether it's empty, whether he has plenty or whether he has little. Whether he has almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, he says, whether it's with full stomach or empty. The secret of living in every situation is found in 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So no matter what you have, little or a lot, whether you're hungry, whether you're full, whether you're successful, whether you're struggling, you can do anything. It says it right there in 4.13. You can do anything through Christ who gives you strength. So as long as you have given your life to Jesus, and he is leading you down the path of life, you have all the strength you need to get through any situation, to overcome any obstacle, and to have a nice, fulfilled life. Stop focusing on what the world can provide you and start focusing on what God can provide you. It's not about how much money you make. 
you can't take it with you. It's all about your life in Christ. Verse 14, even so, you have done well to share with me with your present difficulty. So he's thanking, even though he kind of presented them and said, hey, you know what? I have the strength of Jesus in me. I'm happy, I'm happy and thankful and grateful for whatever I have, with whatever little I have or a lot I have. I am thankful for what you've shared with me. That's what he was kind of thanking the church of Philippi. All right, verse 15, as you know, you, uh, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled to Macedonia. No other church did this, even though, even when I was in Thessalonica, mispronounced that one, you said help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want to receive a reward for your kindness. Verse 18, at the moment I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you have sent me. They are sweet-smelling sacrifices. They are acceptable and pleasing to God. Verse 19, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all the needs for your glorious riches, for his glorious riches, from which he has given to us through Christ Jesus. Verse 20, Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. So he is continuing his gratitude. Right? He's thanking the church of Philippi for all the gifts that they've given him and helped him out. But he's saying is no matter, even though I'm grateful for that, I have everything I need from God. God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. He will provide. So no matter what they give, and no matter what Paul has, he knows and he has faith that God will continue to provide what they need. Paul's final greetings in verse 21. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. Their brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Verse 23 is the perfect way to end any conversation. Uh, every time that you're meeting with friends and family, the best way to depart is verse 23. May the grace of Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That's the blessing that we should want every single person to have in this world. Every friend, family member, strangers. What we want them to have is that relationship with Christ. And that's Paul's main reason why he writes all these letters to the churches that he's visited. He's grateful, but he wants them to stay focused on Christ. Period. So wherever we're at today... I pray that you you stay faithful, stay focused on Christ, stay grateful and thankful for everything that God has provided you today. Because that's the message that Paul's trying to say to the church of Philippi. All right. Well, that was fun. I, lo- I, love, uh, I love Philippians. So let's go into uh, uh, a couple of questions and answers here. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you want to submit a question for a future podcast, go to livingchristian.org. Uh, you can click on the podcast tab there, and there's a little button there to submit a question. You can probably go to any of my uh, social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, wherever you're at, and find a link as well to submit a question for a future podcast. I got three pulled up. Uh, typically, if, you, if this is not your first time, you're used to the drill. But if this is your first time, what I usually do is pull up a question and kind of answer it from my heart. I don't have anything planned. Uh, I just look at my giant spreadsheet here of questions that have been submitted and pick one out and answer it. So I'm going to do that today. All right. Question number one. Why does it matter whether or not Jesus was literally raised from the dead? 
Why does it matter whether or not Jesus was literally raised from the dead? I'll tell you, the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead distinguishes Christianity uh, away from every other religion that has ever been created. If you look at, um, you know, obviously the difference between Christianity and Judaism is the fact that we believe that Christ was the Messiah that came down and was risen from the dead, as prophesied in the Old Testament. If you look at Islam, being Buddhist, or whatever that may be, uh, none of those religions had um, God come to the earth and raised from the dead <laughs> as he was prophesied. He, he fulfilled all the prophecies in the Old Testament, and he was literally witnessed by hundreds of people after he was risen from the dead. It's somewhat historic fact that he was risen from the dead. So I think, for my opinion, I think it, it means everything. It means Jesus is who he said he was. If he didn't raise from the dead, if he wasn't raised from the dead, rather, then he wouldn't fulfill all the prophecies in the Old Testament. All the Old Testament, if you read Isaiah, if you read some of the other books, it talks about the Messiah coming and what's going to happen. And he fulfilled all those prophecies. And if he didn't raise from the dead, then he wouldn't have fulfilled them. So it is important. It's everything. That's why we celebrate Easter every year, the resurrection every year. Christmas is fun, right? I love Christmas. We want to celebrate the birth of Christ. You could argue whether it was December 25th or not. You could argue all those things, which is fine. But ultimately, what you're doing as a Christian is celebrating the birth of our Savior. But Easter is, in my opinion, pound for pound, the more important holiday. Because we are celebrating the fact that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, which has never happened since. Right? So it means everything. All right, uh, let's go to another question here. Uh, number two, why are my prayers, quote unquote, unanswered? I think it depends on what you're praying for. I'm, for one, thankful for some of the unanswered prayers that I had. You know, there were prayers that I, I prayed to God about when I was a teenager or in my 20s, thinking that I was asking for something that would help me out, that in retrospect, many, many years later, I look back and I'm thankful they didn't come true. If God would have fulfilled every prayer that I've ever made, my life would be completely different now. And that's not his plan. Now, when our prayers align with God's will, they will come true. God answers every prayer. Sometimes it's a non-answer. Sometimes it's a no. Sometimes it's a maybe. Sometimes it's a yes. But it has to fall in line with God's will. So I would say that if your prayers are being unanswered, don't get discouraged. Keep praying. Keep asking God for guidance. But two things. One, be mindful of what you're praying for. Are you asking for something that maybe God doesn't want you to have? And you may not understand that because you don't know what the future holds. God has a plan for you in your life. He has a journey for you. And maybe, just maybe, if he answers that prayer, a specific prayer of yours, he may get you off of that path. That's certainly not something he wants in your life. That's one. So be careful about what you're praying for. Two, you got to trust God. He knows better of what he what you need than you do at times. So sometimes what we're asking for in prayer is just not part of God's plan. And because of that, we need to learn how to trust him more and more and more. 
you got to release. There's lessons in the waiting. Many times I've prayed and waited, and I've prayed and waited and prayed and waited. There's lessons in the waiting. It helps me learn how to trust God more. It helps me give my life to Him more. And it helps me not be such a control freak, to be honest with you. I get upset when my prayers go answered. I get it. But there's a reason. We may not understand it in this lifetime. We'll understand it one day. I promise you. All right. Uh, third question. How important is it for Christians to share faith with others? I think it's vitally important. We're supposed to make disciples out of disciples, as the Bible talks about. We're supposed to go out and spread the good news. A, we're commanded to do that. But B, in reality, you could be the only exposure to the Bible or to Christ that somebody has. People get blinded by this world, and they get used to the repetitive nature of life. They go to school, they go to work, they wake up, they go to sleep. They, 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 they kind of get blinded by what the truth is at times, and, and they get uh, lulled to sleep, we'll call it, with this world. So if you're not out there sharing your faith and being that influence, uh, maybe that's what helps them wake up. Because if you don't, maybe they don't get woken up. Maybe they don't get exposed to Jesus as much. Most people aren't reading their Bible on a daily basis. Most people are not listening to podcasts like this. Most people aren't praying enough. But if you live that Christian life and you're that example, and you're a good Christian example, you're living for Christ in this world, and they see that. They're going to wonder why things are different for you. Why is that person so happy? Why are they always telling me about Jesus? Why are they always praying for me? Show them. Show them by your happiness, your joy, your understanding, your forgiveness, your acceptance. And maybe, just maybe, they'll look at you and go, God, what's going on over there? I want to learn more about Jesus. I want to learn about more what's what's going on in their life. Because they keep talking to me about Jesus, and I don't want to hear it. But they seem happy to me. Maybe that's the, the, the source of their happiness. Let's hope that's the case, right? So I think... It's vitally important to share your faith. doesn't mean you need to be pushy. doesn't need to mean uh, that you need to demean people. But you need to live like Jesus wants you to. And not be ashamed of your faith. Because you may be the only Bible that they get exposed to, so to speak. So, I challenge each one of you. I challenge myself too. But I'll challenge each one of you guys to post a Bible verse on your Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Post one of my posts. Take it. I don't care. Share it with the world. Get the message out. Let people know that they're loved. Let people know that there's something bigger than this world. Let them know that their creator loves them. Not everybody understands that or, or feels that way. So it's important. I promise you. All right. I hope you guys like those questions. I'll... Uh, Keep going. As I mentioned, go and uh, visit us on livingchristian.org to submit a question. But while you're on livingchristian.org, uh, go ahead and check out our store with T-shirts and apparel and all sorts of goodies on there. Uh, read a Bible plan. Uh, you know, Maybe read one of our blogs. There's all sorts of um, things on there. i got some YouTube videos. So check them out on livingchristian.org for all your Christian needs to help you live a Christian life seven days a week. And I will ask you again, if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or rate it, or drop a review, depending on where you're listening or watching it. Uh, that helps us get the word out. So 
So until next time, keep Jesus in your heart and eternity on your mind. God bless you guys.